This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. And you know, Court, Zupan's makes all the holidays even better, starting with a couple of things. I'll just start with they have a taste of Thanksgiving going on every Thursday from 10.30 to 7 p.m. For just $15.99, you can get a plate of turkey breast, a choice of three holiday sides, turkey or mushroom gravy, and cranberry sauce. And that can be part of your preview for your ordering your Thanksgiving dinner at Zupan's. Yeah, we've been talking about doing your holiday uh, shopping and t- holiday food shopping and ordering through Zupans. I've been doing it for years. Uh, right now, uh, Thanksgiving orders are now being accepted. And as of this week, Chris, you can also start ordering your food for Hanukkah. Yes, Hanukkah ordering is open. If you're res- You can reserve by Sunday, December 5th. And they have some really delicious looking and sounding food available. Braised beef brisket. It's braised in red wine with carrots and other goodies pomegranate rosemary marinated lamb they got matzo ball soup potato potato latkes and uh some other things too rugula who doesn't like rugula sitting around while you're having coffee right coffee so you can also order a dinner for four your whole hanukkah dinner as you can as we mentioned for thanksgiving too they make it super easy, and the best thing for you to do is go to zoopans.com. That will help you keep track of certain deadlines for Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, and then when we get into the Christmas season. Uh, you can also be aware that on certain items, you can walk into the store and buy a lot of these side items just while you're doing your regular shopping. And you can do that regular shopping at three locations. And Chris, what are those? Those are West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. And of course, the important fourth location is what, Court? Zoopans.com. All right, here it is. Time once again, it's Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventures. And I'm Court Johnson from Portland Radio, kink.fm. Court, did you uh, do any kind of weather report on the radio today calling for sun? Because I'm looking at sun out there and it's very nice. I didn't do any sort of uh, thing, but yeah, no, these are these uh, surprise days. Like I knew it was going to be a dry day. I didn't anticipate, uh, you know, the sun blaring through my window. In fact, I was... I, at one point, I had to reach over and pull the blinds because, you know, the sun is starting to be lower in the horizon this time of year. And so it kind of enters your rooms and your houses differently. And so I was just like, oh, man, hold on a minute. The sun's bothering me. Yeah, there's that. And then uh, there's a lot of wind. And it's just been, you know, it's the time of year when the weather changes within an hour. So sure, you don't yeah. get too used to it. But it is... You know, I'm one who thinks that nobody should really complain because I lived in the Northeast where there were snowstorms all the time and you don't have to shovel rain. And so it's never that bad. Although I have to say my drive into Portland on Monday was pretty crazy. Uh, It was uh, it was coming down in sheets all the way. So it was kind of felt like I was in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. So, <laughs> but okay. Yeah, I mean, pr- pr- weather's pretty much wherever. Way. Yeah, pretty much wherever you go, Chris. The the weather w- there's there's horrible things. I, I just I knew coming from the uh, Mountain West, like the Rocky Mountains, where we get a crazy amount of snow, but it's a dry snow, so it's just different. And then he- hearing about how bad people drive in snow here in Portland, even when it's only an inch, and I would just scoff at that. 
but then you actually see what's going on. It's it's just a different type of snow, different type of terrain. So well, you know, yeah, and they're kind of crappy drivers anyway. They, we sure. don't need precipitation to to no, no. to come to that yeah. conclusion. Yep. Well, and there are a lot of people that would. What I've always found the disagreement on that is hilarious because when I think of someone's a crappy driver, they're too slow, they're not paying attention, and then the, when you hear that from a Portlander, they'll agree the drivers are crappy. They're too fast. They're on my butt all the time. So right. But anyway, that is what it is. But you know, speaking of weather and all that, might be appropriate because. Uh, our guest on this particular episode of the podcast came from upstate New York. And so those were the snowiest days of my life in Syracuse, New York. Uh, Anthony Caffiero didn't come from there, but certainly had his share of it and landed in, uh, in Portland years ago. We talked about that, I think it was 1999. And one of the most fun aspects of this particular podcast was that I, I, and I've never asked a guest to do this, but I asked him to go down his resume and just recall all the places that he's worked in Portland because, man, this guy, when I met him, he was the chef at Tabla. And he was very cool. He was kind of young and he was, you know, knew what he was doing. And he was at one of my events, easily the best in front of the audience, most comfortable and most hospitable of anybody that I'd had up to that point. And uh, I really got to like him. And But since then, since Tabla, and before that, he was one of the early people in Nostrana, which is really interesting because that's a big part of Portland food history. We're now generations beyond that. But, um, but he cut his teeth, as he said, doing front of the house stuff at Nostrana too. And then at 10.01, with Adam Berger, and uh, and he tells a nice little Adam Berger story from the last few months. Um, but he goes through his resume and talks about all the different things he's done and places he's been, and literally forgot on the way, oh yeah, there was Bible Club too. So um, I thought that was a fun thing to do because I don't know anybody who's been doing so many different things in Portland, and now been doing so many different things in Portland, and now one he owns, and it's his place, uh, Meta Pizza, and of course the joke going around town is that he, that opened a week before Facebook announced their parent company was now going to be called Meta, so I feel very strongly that he should, he should file a lawsuit and just get the publicity. He'll never win. He might right. even lose. He might even have to change his name, but you know Portland, they'll all feel sorry for him and buy more pizza. Sure. I th I That's think the way it works, right? Yeah, just any kind of publicity is good. So, right. Um, but at any rate, he's got a great little pizza spot in the Brooklyn neighborhood now, and it's small, and it's everything that Racion wasn't. So it's really interesting to see him change gears uh, over the years. Oh, that's a song title, Changing Gears Over the Years, or something like that, or a movie title. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And... Uh, I did have I think, a chance I think to, Air Supply got it sounds like an Air Supply song. Thanks. That's 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 my speed, Air Supply. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was I had occasion to go in there. Uh, when did I go in? Late last week, and I got a slice, and then got a couple of pies to bring down to uh, my girlfriend's house, and 
The pie is great. He's doing a good job. He knows what he's doing. The guy's skilled. You know, he used to do uh, molecular food, and uh, now he's doing pizza. And he's an Italian guy. So um, I think everyone will find not only his pizza great, but I've always thought he's a great podcast guest. I tell him he should have his own TV show because he's got a great voice and he can talk. The two episodes that we have, I guess should I should shut, shut up now because the two episodes with Anthony that we've had on Right at the Fork, I think are the longest two. So, because he can talk and I guess I can too. Sure. That's why you uh, hired that, me, right, Court? That's exactly why, well, yeah, why, why <laughs> I hired you. Yeah, yeah, Chris, that sounds right. That yeah. sounds right. Well, it sounds fun to say. Sure. Well, I haven't worked for anyone in uh, uh, 26 years, so. No. Why not? But anyway, we were, you and I are both working for the eating public out there. There we and, go. And uh, we hope they enjoy stopping by for a pizza. But, of course, before you do that, hearing how Meta Pizza came about. And this is a great episode with Anthony Caffiero. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupan's is the place to find the very best Northwest bounty in Portland, West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupan's Markets. And by... Portland Food Adventures. Ready to break out and travel to some of the world's most delicious destinations? Portland Food Adventures has space available on two trips in 2022 to Basque Country in Spain with Chef Javier Canteras of Urdaneta. Also, if you've never experienced Italy with Austria Enzyme, join Chris for the most delicious nine days in Western Sicily imaginable. Info at PortlandFoodAdventures.com. Hello. Chef Cafiero. How's it going, Chris Angeles? I'm all right, thank you. So listen, I, ju I, told, I just listened to our last podcast, which I think was number 213. We'll verify that. That will have been discussed in the intro before we even get here. So, but you know what it dawned on me? You've done a lot of things. Like I, when I first met you, it was like you were the chef at Tabla. That was how I knew you. And then I looked up, you've been at Nostrana, but you were the chef at Tabla. Since then, man, you have worn a lot of hats. You've done a, been a lot of places. You, you, got a, you got a diverse background. But what I thought about when I was listening to the uh, podcast itself is you got a great voice. You should have. A, oh, thank you. Everybody's got a podcast now, but I think you should have a TV show. Oh man, I, I'll tell you what. When one time I, uh, I like it was like preliminary audition, like checking out for um, Chopped, I want to say, and it was vicious, man. They wanted me to like, I'm the best cook, and I'm gonna take everyone down. They wanted me to have this like total, like over the top, I rule it food attitude, and I couldn't do it. So that was like as close as I got to being on a TV show, and I was like, yeah, no, this is absolutely not for me. I don't know how. Greg Gordet does it. I don't know how Dougie did it. Like, mm-mm. No. Nope. Yeah, Jose did it too, man. I yeah. Think, I think a lot of people did it. I mean, oh, my God, the list of Portland people, Portland chefs. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, and most most um, um, recently is Gabe Bacuzzi, man. And, you know, that's kind of 
it jump started a bunch of things for him in a good way. It's never it doesn't seem like it's ever a bad thing to be on a cooking show. But I don't know if I no. have it in my soul. <laughs> well, especially when you're on one, you know, over and over and over again on Top right. Chef. That's what that did a lot of good for everybody who was on Top Chef, and um, you know, and then Vito on and and Benny on um, Iron Chef. Years yeah, ago. that see, that's what's up. That's like a good one. That, that was awesome. I remember that Battle Radish. I think right. it was, and it was that, killer. That's a serious one, but the but the element of Top Chef is you're on it week after week after yeah. week, and that's like advertising. That's exposure, 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 and mm-hmm. you know it doesn't even really matter if you lose or you suck. It's exposure. Exactly, so, um, but instead we could do other things to get exposure, like I don't know, do a good job at your job, and you know, and like hopefully, oh, hopefully like, it, like, it lands in your lap. Yeah, you know, or you just keep on getting good jobs. <laughs> but it's a nice segue into what you and I were mentioning last week. When are you going to file the lawsuit against Facebook for Meta? I think it costs too much money. You know, yeah, you know the, funny, you... The, the funny thing I, we were thinking, we, we were talking about this was like, there's so many other companies that are so much closer to or are in the realm of what Facebook does and just like having a big changing a name for your parent company is like pretty straightforward. There's so much there. I'm sure there's plenty of meta something in the tech world. So I'm not, I'm not afraid of it. So people, I mean, I got a, that joke for like a, a week and it's not going to stop, but it's so inconsequential. We, we were like, we we're into it, man. We, any, any time like that, a word is on someone's people are saying this word a bunch of times it actually is good and it made me think about um you remember when pokemon uh poke uh, yeah pokemon uh the poke place on hawthorne open it yeah was like in the summer like early summer i was at bible club and uh there's, my dishwasher. One, that have, there's one that's got a copyright p- possibility <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> bible club is crazy um, but so I was at Bible Club in my, in my dishwasher, my friend of mine, Colin had just, he was so excited for, for Pokemon Go, like, like, you know, the, the augmented reality, the AR Pokemon game. And it released the same day that Pokemon opened. I remember thinking that was so funny. And I had two friends working at Pokemon and they were over the joke way faster than we were over the, 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 the Facebook meta joke. They, they were like. Damn it! Because <laughs> Pokemon Go is like was like all the kids are talking. To, everyone's playing Pokemon Go. No one cares about Facebook changing their parent company name to anything. They didn't do anything cool. Pokemon Poke, Pokemon Go is cool, and they right. just opened their Poke place. And I asked Tracy who worked there, and she was like, "It's pretty cool, actually. Like it, it, it created business for us. Like we're into it. We don't care. Hasbro's not gonna or uh, I forget who owns." Pokemon, but like they're not they're not gonna sue us, it's fine. Um isn't Nintendo? No, 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 no. I would think Nintendo, actually. That's what yeah. I was thinking. I but mean, yeah, so a similar thing so a similar thing happened for for that restaurant just like ours, which is pretty great. Um but you know, they were both I think the joke is one thing that was a couple of weeks ago. But I just think that if all you got to do, it's it goes to the publicity of a top chef. If it keeps going, all you need to do, I said this the other day, find an attorney who loves pizza and then just say, listen, I just need this to be filed. That's it. And then we can go away. I just want to file a suit, get it in the, the media and, you know, it it's going to it would blow it up. That's what <laughs> I think. But, 
if, 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 like, my dad was a lawyer, then yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd have, you know, like, if we had, like, a lawyer in the family, be like, want to do something fun, see how, see how far it does? <laughs> but we were just talking about that. I was just talking to uh, Jake, uh, who works there as well, and business partner. He's like, yeah, we got to pay our lawyer, like, seven grand, man. I'm like, well, good thing Meta's making money. We kind of forgot about some of these these not even hidden fees. Oh yeah, there's more going. There's a lot that goes into opening a restaurant, and I've I've done it once. But when I opened Racion with Chef's Table, that was the point. They did all that stuff, right? So I didn't have to deal with any of that. And opened a few other restaurants, but they've never been like mine. So now it's yeah. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot more into it than what one thinks. Um, I'm just lucky enough to have business partners who also want to work there, who have their own skill set, so I don't have to do all this stuff, which is very nice. I get to do the food in the restaurant, make sure it's all good, staff stuff, and that's it. Like, we got payroll tonight. I don't – Dan's doing it. I don't have to do it. I set it up. He's doing it. Like, that's, that's a nice thing. To, to ask, like, the chef owner to do every part of a restaurant is almost impossible. Yeah. And, it's not, right. and it takes the fun out of it. That's – you know, having done this podcast for eight years now and talked to a lot of people, that's, I think, the recurring theme, which mm. was I didn't know what I was getting into. And secondarily and probably primarily, actually, is I fucking hate doing that. And, and so let's <laughs> yeah. find somebody else. So, so. Like, I, I enjoy, like, setting up accounts and do like, that stuff's not a problem for me because it's exciting. But I'm not about to, like, I don't know what. I don't know what a difference of a W two and a W four and an I nine like uh, they should have taught that stuff in high school, man. Like I've never it's never stuck in my head. My family's all full of lawyers and stuff. They can handle that. I don't. I don't know. I don't care. Just as long as my taxes are fine. And my and this it, it, whenever you open something new, and this is it's not even. There's nothing too weird about a pizza restaurant, but there's stuff. There's absolutely stuff to get that I forgot I had to do again. Uh, like, I haven't done it in a while. I mean, opening Bible Club, I did some of this stuff. Opening Racion, I did a little, even less, because Chef's Table was handling it. So this was definitely the most immersive, like, I had to do all this stuff um, for a project, um, which is kind of fun. Again, it was good It was good to do it again. Uh, you know, I promised myself I'd never own a restaurant again, and here we are. <laughs> yeah, well, you can uh, but, make that promise again and then just try to keep up with it as you yeah, know. Yeah. I'm telling you a TV career. That's I'm giving you. I'm giving it to you right now. I have no you, desire, you man. Great, you got a great voice. You're like a fairly good-looking guy, you know, sort of yes. good-looking. For 40? So, I'm okay. <laughs> so, um, I this, think this is what this is what keeps you young right here, Chris. Yeah, Some well, nice Spanish white wine. You know, usually we do this at ten in the morning, and I would say if you were doing that at ten in the morning, I I'd mention it to you. But no, um, but no, it's good. my I'm life, my choice, baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm glad you're relaxing. So, oh, yeah. say, it's Spanish wine. Uh, what yeah. You, what do you uh, actually? No, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, it's uh, Portuguese. Portuguese. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. Very yeah, nice. Yeah, a little something from uh, Casa Santos Lima. It's my, my cheap, good box wine. There's some good stuff coming out of Spain and Portugal um, uh, in, like, the not expensive, very good. Uh, we're just lucky it made it over on a shipping container, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, we're looking – so, and that's something, uh, you know, to mention. Um, we don't have our OLCC, our liquor license, yet because um, that takes forever because there's, like, one person working there now. But uh, we're looking forward to like doing a good amount of wine sales out of um, out of the front there, the little storefront. Um, it was something that was mentioned in the Eater article that Alex Frain wrote. Uh, that neighborhood cannot wait 
to just grab some ciders or a couple of bottles of wine and their pizza. It's a really nice location for that because there's very little options uh, in the Brooklyn neighborhood, the Brooklyn PDX neighborhood. Right. And like, you know what I, I liked is the parking is very easy there. Mm-hmm. I was able to pull right up, get a parking spot, grab my pies, yep. two pies, and a slice. Yeah, yeah. And, and I want to talk to you. Slice for the bit. car. That was a good move. I commend Sli- you. Well, actually, it made it home, and I split it with my son. Okay. <laughs> so, and it got it got good, great reviews, so we had three people sort of, you know, it's a new pizza place. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's judging, like, how's yep. this pizza? Yep. And, uh, but what I learned was the, so I had one impression with the slice, which was your lamb sausage mm-hmm. slice, right? Mm-hmm. And that was a whole different pie than the ones I the the how big are they fourteen inch pies? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's the same dough, um, but we get a bigger ball and that gets cooked in a rectangular uh, pan in the oven, uh, like you know more grandma style. Uh, and we just found that because our pizzas are fourteen inch mediums, like the normal industry standard medium, mm-hmm. it's hard to get a decent sized slice that we'd like feel good about charging any amount of money out of that. So the alternative is we get six slices out of uh, that rectangle pan, and it's like a substantial piece of pizza for four But the bucks. crust was very different. Was it supposed to be different? It's just how it cooks in that pan differently. It gets okay. – I let, I let it rise more, and it, because we oil that pan, it gets like a crispy crunch on the outside. It's, it's just how – like the contact with the metal is different than contact with just the stone. So it's, it is right. a different pizza style. Right. But that's what we're going to do for slices. And it's cool because people like both different ways. They're like, I like this one, but I like – I got this slice last week, and that was really cool because the crust is different. So I'm like, crust isn't different. The cooking technique is different. There, therefore, we have like options, which is kind of nice. Well, and, I'm you know, People who come in and buy, buy the whole thing if they want it. I'm going to say the crust is different. And the reason is when I sure. had it with um, – when I had the slice with my son – First thing we both said is this is like post corner pizza, which is like this, the Greek pizza I grew up with in Connecticut. So it's it's a little bit more like Detroit, like Detroit style, right? That that cr- that candy crunchy, right? And the thickness the change, yep. Right, the thickness change, but your other crust on the fourteen inch pies, I thought was delicious. It had a little bit of sweetness to it, and it you didn't have to battle it to take a bite of just the crust. Yes. Which sometimes you do. You got to like really bite into that and almost risk your risk dental work. Sure. Yeah. No, we're really happy with our, our dough. Um, I couldn't ask for a a more helpful in the creation of it, uh, company than Fleur de Lis, uh, Greg who owns Fleur de Lis bakery. We use them at pizzeria Salago when we opened that place up and, uh, it wasn't, I'll I'll just say this. Uh, our, our, our crust is way good and I'm happy about it. And we had so many problems with, uh, the pizzeria Salago one. It was a different recipe completely. Um, this recipe is just, it got all the notes, right? I, we barely had to do drawing board stuff. We didn't have to R and D it very much at all. Um, I had them increase some stuff that I wanted based on what I did when I was looking at like Brooklyn style, like Brooklyn, New York style pizza and how it's different than Manhattan style. And there's kind of a conversation about it. And then like uh, pizza hut, like really took it and ran with it. And it's, it's like, you can get this Brooklyn style pizza from pizza hut and people in Brooklyn, are like, we don't understand this. We don't have a style of pizza. We're just New York pizza. But I think it's like the size is a, is a thing ingredients move. And, uh, yeah. So there's a lot of square slices. Um, in in brooklyn i'm like well we went to 
take, me and my buddies, uh, business partners, we all just took a, a week vacation because we could, because we didn't. None of us had job. I had a job, but half of them don't have jobs. And like, this is the one time we can all go to where Anthony grew up in New York. We went to upstate, went to the Catskill Mountains, and hung out in the woods for a bunch of days. Shot some guns, uh, and then uh, we went down to Brooklyn, where my brother lives, for like. Um, two nights just to like check it out a few of these friends had never been to the east coast some of them had never been to new york city period and they were and, and the people that had never been to the city totally did a new york city tourist day and ate pizza and stuff and did things and went to museums and came back to and we were staying right in, in um in greenpoint uh next to my brother's house and it's different. I was like, yeah, you're right. It, it is. It's like the, the Brooklyn neighborhood has a style of pizza place that's really cute and small and usually shotgun built. Like you open the door and boom, there's the counter. There's only a few slices available. Some are, some are triangles, some are squares. They're very different. And their menus are like the most vague, have no information on it, like poster, <laughs> like, you know, like letterboard. It would be like, cheese pie, special meat pie and that and you're like what uh, what what yeah. do you have a menu and they're like i think it's almost like you need to know p- what you like in pizza and you know right. how to it's, order it it's a lot of regulars it's like yeah yeah it's like they, it's, they don't care if you don't get it like they they sell plenty of pizzas to all their all their friends and regulars that come in there's no need to worry about a menu you just know you go to luigi's for the the rob and tomato or you go to anthony and sons for like the subs or what like it's just it that's cool to me so we kept like a lot of vague things about meta kind of in that style of what we saw when we were in brooklyn new york and i like it it's fun and the fact that like the oven is oh 10 feet from the customer is super cool you don't see that that often i've noticed in portland like it's it's a little bit like that like the the, the ranch pizza in in northeast has that vibe but it's it's like a restaurant it's a sit-down place there's there's spots there's a whole line to go down there we don't even have that and it's great it's like liberating get your pizza you can sit outside if you want that's it lovely in and out job that's one aspect but i I can't leave the discussion of um menus and so forth i was just thinking in new york i don't know uh, one of the highest end restaurants i used to go to in new york when i lived around there was skull and atella and they had they had a menu, but the the waiter it was just awesome would come by and it was like theater. He would recite the specials and it was like fifteen minutes of specials and just listening with the semi Italian accent. It's it was all theater. And then you'd say, well, what about the menu? And he'd, no menu. I just read you like, I, yeah, all, like, I, just, I just read you all these specials. You're gonna go through the menu? We could make the normal menu stuff. But you want the specials, like, like, let want to go through it again. We've got a fish, a pork, a steak, a cha- like, like it's another, it's the, it's the real menu, right? And that one probably changes. So yeah, so like lack of menu well, display. I'm like, oh, I like all this quirky stuff, and, and you know, I've learned over the years of cooking, like less is more, man. Even at Sweetheart Pizza, we had ten pies. I think it's ten, yeah. and now I've got eight, and it's just I can execute that almost myself i've got my one worker in there helping me with my prep during the day i can put it in my brain it all fits in the in the on the on the pizza line correctly like you don't need a ton of stuff you know i'll change pizzas uh, throughout the year for sure but i don't need to like have something for everyone and you know it's wild chris people have not asked for things i thought i would be like be getting hounded on to ask for immediately like we don't have any we do not have a hawaiian pizza for like two reasons 
Right. One of which is I don't have room for a slicer at all <laughs> in my kitchen. So I'm like, well, I got I could do a version, but it's not going to be, you know, we could chop it up into large dogs, but no one's asked for a Hawaiian. No one's bummed me I don't have pineapple. No one wants to put prosciutto on a pizza. And all of that, I think, in my mind reflects that we're not like an Italian pizza Neapolitan spot because that's this style. They walk into Meta and it's like pretty straightforward. This is a mm-hmm. pizza place with normal pizza stuff. And that's it. And that's kind of nice not to like have, or like to deliver, deliver high with like low expectations is is always good in the restaurant. And it's also something that we can do really well and we can execute correctly, um, consistently. So that prep list is pretty straightforward. I only have so much refrigeration in the back. Like I really could, I don't have a spot for a hammer. I don't have that. So just do it right. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's something about the simplicity of a pizza spot that was one of the major factors of opening a restaurant. Again, I wouldn't pizza place or a bar, man. There's no, I don't want to open a Quantrill or, you know, lack St. Jack, like awesome on those guys. But there's so like, there's so little, or or a Racion. (laughs) Or Racion. Racion was crazy tricky. This isn't tricky. This is fun. We have a great time every day. I don't work, you know, insane hours. I don't stress over like trying to do the next new thing in food cooking. I've kind of done that. So now I just get to make pizza with my with my friends for my job, and that's pretty cool. And every time, you know, you buy pizza, that money goes not to the boss. We're the bosses. It's really nice. It's a really nice feeling, you know. Like it makes you want to work hard for what you're up to. And I think we put a really tight uh, place together. I will say this: um, I am very impressed by the previous owners. They were so nice and supportive. Justin Donays and his wife were so nice and supportive of us buying out their lease and all their equipment. They support us on social media. They've come by twice just to, like, see what we did with the place, which I will mention was not that much. They built a really streamlined two-room pizza factory. We just added things we needed and took away things we didn't. But it was quite a pleasure to, like, roll into a spot. I mean, it was it was, it was was billed as turnkey, and it truly was. And that's what was the name of it before? It was Pizza Donays. His last oh, name is Donays, but now with an O-U-G-H. So they changed mm-hmm. a piece of Donays. Uh, and they were doing a Detroit-style pie. They are doing a thicker pie, some sourdough starter, never refrigerated. So they made it really hard on themselves by, like, they'd have to be, they'd, like, mix at night and then let rise. No, no, they'd mix early in the morning, let rise, tamp down. Then they'd put it all in those square um, uh, pans. And, like, that was, they were making their own dough and doing all that, um, which is tricky because if, if you don't have a good mix or something's off, you don't have pizza that day. And um, that's unfortunate. So more consistency, streamlinedness is always what I've learned over the years. If you want to make money and be happy and not be like frustrated at work for random reasons, so many other things can go wrong in a restaurant on a daily basis that like hopefully your pe- like your actual food you're trying to sell isn't one of them. Like my dishwasher wasn't working right the last week or two. Not not gonna end the day. Not gonna not be not. We don't have to close because of that. But like, if your dough isn't working or like this isn't working, or your oven's janky. That's bad. That's no fun. Right. Like, I can live with a dishwasher not running right for a day, but not with my pizza dough being trashed or something. So like, it's all about that consistency and um, making it make sense for everyone, so it's not frustrating at work. It's simple. We're just cooking pizza. We're not even cooking dinner, Chris. We're cooking pizza. It's nice. Yeah. Well, I I have to laugh 
and anybody would, if you think of the permutations you've been through at Tabla you and should. then at Racion and, you know, going back to Nostrana and probably places I don't even know it of. It goes like this, dude. <laughs> and the last time you were on the Over podcast, there. we were talking about, you know, the intricacies of chickpea-based ice cream and all yep. that stuff. And now it's just like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm going to put out pizza. Yep, 100%. And- <laughs> <laughs> you got it. It's totally rad. I'm 40 years old. I like I didn't want to work for anyone else but me and my buddies. Pizza sounded good. The space was right. The price was right. I ju- I've just been doing a year at Sweetheart, which was a blessing. Um, thank you, COVID. Uh, that was nice, man. Like COVID happened. Uh, uh, I remember March 13th. Uh, I get a call from Micah at at Little Bean. He's like Micah Camden. Micah Camden at Little Bean. He's like, close it down. The, the town, the, you know, the whole city's going into lockdown. Wrap it up. Throw everything away that's going to go bad or rot. Just get rid of it. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens. And then a year goes by. It was kind of a wild, like, oh, this is real. This is happening. And, you know, I've never been, been paid more in my life than COVID. That was awesome. Unemployment plus, thank you. Um, you know, just got to wake up on Sunday and spend five minutes on the on the unemployment website and good to go. I built a Not lot of Legos. Five minutes, man. I had it down to about a minute and a half. Yeah, yeah. It was more like a minute and a half. Like clickety-click. <laughs> no, no, no. It was like memorizing my stuff. I'm like, I don't even have to try. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I'm curious. I don't, I don't want to get you into trouble, but what do you mean unemployment plus? Well, it was that extra... Uh, what three thirty six? Well, oh, I, go, that. I thought you yeah, yeah. The extra was your like employment income. No, I'm making like six hundred something a week. I've never done that yeah. ever. <laughs> it's messed up. Well, especially for especially playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, and I was playing D and D with my buddies. <laughs> we're gaming online, and uh, I was building puzzles with my sister and my girlfriend. It was pretty chill <laughs> for over a year. But then it's hot. So then you went to Sweetheart. So Sweetheart yeah, so, was they gave you your first pizza. Except for Nostrana, I would imagine. Uh, no, it's my third pizza place. Uh, don't forget about a year at Pizzeria Solago. So oh, right, right. pizza, I I've straddled pizza around uh, working for Micah. It's interesting. So when we closed Racion, Micah always loved all my, my veggie ice creams because I would do like kind of fun, savory ice creams for dessert items. He loved this celery ice cream, which is delicious. Um, celery makes a lovely ice cream. The color's nice. It's beautiful. Um, and he had this idea of doing a veggie-based ice cream thing for like the cities that would love veggie based ice creams miami la like that kind of like like the fancy fancy people that care about what they put in their bodies places you're like this is what's up so i are indeed it for a bit after i closed racion at his at his uh, apartment in the indigo building because he lived above my restaurant and then didn't hear anything for a while and then he came then he like reached out he's like i got this thing we're gonna do different stuff we're doing dairy free ice cream we're gonna use chickpea as like our thick our you know our actual base like chickpea milk just like almond milk or um uh hemp milk or oat milk or anything like that he's like we can do chickpeas so i are indeed that for half a year then we open the place but before that i was uh i had opened pizzeria solago in uh, lake oswego uh, I didn't know that. Uh, maybe I knew that and forgot it. Yeah, yeah. Good. It was. It was. It wasn't a flash in the pan, which is cool. Like, I, it was a year, uh, and I was almost like it was almost a contract thing where they were like, "We're gonna take you in for a year because you're gonna be next sous chef, and you're we're gonna set this whole place up." I'm like, okay, sounds good. Like, I'm down with that. We can talk different contracts after one year. Um, 
and right as that one year was coming up, Micah was like, "Hey man, I want you to work for 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 Little Bean. Like, I've got I've got it all. I've got the space. I've got the R and D kitchen. Quit or don't quit, but I'm letting you know." So it was around August when I go to New York to go see my family. I'm like, "Okay, Pizzeria Salago. I'm gonna head to vacation for a week. When I get back, either make me an offer." Or I'm gonna leave, just so you guys know. Like, give some time here. I was, it was nice. It was all amicable. That was, a, that was a fine company to work for. And I get back, and they're like, "Yeah, we're just gonna not. Um, you could still be sous chef or whatever, but you can't move up in the on the totem pole." I'm like, "Cool. Hi, Micah. I'm ready to rock." And like two weeks later, I was in that R&D kitchen cook, cooking uh, pastries from nothing, from rice flour and xanthan gum, trying to figure out how to do dairy-free, nut-free, soy-free, vegan to the max. Um, and it was a it was a pretty fun challenge, I gotta say. So after that, close for COVID, and Micah reaches back out to me. He's like, hey, man, uh, the restrictions are starting to loosen. Um, do you want to come back to Little Bean? I'm like, nope. I had plenty of time to play with that stuff, and it's not my bag. It's like, well, here's the deal. Either you can be the chef at Rock, Paper, Fish, which is their fish and chip spot, or – and he was like, and this might be the one that you really want to do. Sweetheart Pizza in South Waterfront. I'm like, ah, oh, that's freaking easy, dude. I used to live in South Waterfront. I, that neighborhood's weird and I like it. It's fine. And uh, pizza, let's do pizza again. I, you know, I've only been like two years off of doing pies every day. And that was that was why I'm like, yeah, COVID, thank you, because I had a really fun time at Sweetheart. Like, we did great business. Everyone was happy with our stuff. Uh, the menu got scaled back. Because they were a sit-down restaurant. They had, like, a little apps and things. Um, we took it all down to focus on what we could execute for takeout and delivery. And it was nice. I had a great time there. Different oven, too, Chris. Um, that's a Italian-style oven, but it's a ga- um, flame-injected as opposed to wood-burning. Now, some, some wood-burning ovens do have a flame injector, but that's mostly just to start your wood in the morning. It's like a little flamethrower that you heat up, and you turn it off, and then you keep your wood going all day. Right. Um, this one's just a torch in the corner, but the but the how it's built is Neapolitan uh, uh, Italian style. So it's cool because I'm I'm used to that. I've never worked with not wood. Nostrano was wood. Pizza Salago was wood. This was not wood, but the same style pizza and style oven. So that was a nice breaking point of like, oh, something new, and it was fun. We did good stuff there, and yeah, when the opportunity came up, my my business partner Dan was like. Come and look at this restaurant spot. I don't know what I want to do with it, but it's an old pizza place. It's in the Brooklyn neighborhood. Okay. I walk in. As I'm walking in, um, do, I, do we have a – is it cool if I tell – this is just a story. This yeah, is what the podcast what? is about, right? Let's do this. We need to take a little break for a commercial. Okay. Sounds good. Well, but I got a little story. Let's take a break right now, and then we'll come genesis of what you're okay. doing. Okay. Chris, we are pausing a moment to talk about one of our favorite places to eat here in Portland, a Portland institution, Ringside Steakhouse. You know, just I'm going to make this point on Ringside's ad that that we all know there's an Eater 38. And I think that the fact that Ringside is not on the Eater 38 when everyone knows you can't get better service anywhere. And of course, the steaks, the food is great, but it's a Portland institution. And so everyone should be thinking about Ringside when they're thinking about dining out and especially this time you don't even have to eat there if you don't want you can pick up a family dinner kit for thanksgiving that's yeah, pretty great I'm, I'm looking at this uh for four people with extra turkey you can pre-order this and pick up the week of thanksgiving uh 189 that that's pretty great for a, a complete thanksgiving meal for your family 
Yeah, think about it. If you go out and you buy everything and you make it, it's going to end up costing at least that much. And the same oh, yeah. the work. And you have you have a chef, Jonathan Gill, prepared Thanksgiving dinner. It's a, it's a fantastic idea. And while you're at it, you may want to think about going in on Wednesday nights. Think about that prime rib special. Three courses, prime rib and some sides as well. And dessert, $43. Wednesday nights at ringside. You can make reservations on Open Table the open table app or at ringsidesteakhouse.com and don't miss out on that thanksgiving dinner okay we're back with uh, anthony caffiero the chef at facebook i'm sorry meta pizza <laughs> in uh, in the brooklyn neighborhood and we were just about to go into your story of your first walking into um the space where you are now yeah so um we pull, I pull up, uh, Dan's outside uh, waiting for me, and who walks out? Because it was, it was like by appointment, uh, and Justin Donays was like, you know, doing walkthroughs like every every half hour on the half hour like of potential buyers. It was on the market for $100,000. Turnkey. Everything included something crazy like a nine-year lease. He had signed a 10-year lease and had only done one year on it. So that like stability is really nice. Uh, so it caught Dan's eye. Uh, Dan's uh, opening another restaurant with other friends as well. So he's been looking at restaurants. He, he took a tour through Char on uh, – I think it's on Sandy or Foster, one or the other. It's in that – not Sandy, I'm sorry. Uh, Powell, Foster area. It's mm-hmm. a place called Char. And so he, he, he had seen a pizza restaurant too. And granted, this is my friend Dan Pickens-Jones. He's um, He works for um, Airbnb. So not a restaurant guy, but loves his restaurants. He's been all around the world, many restaurants. He knows what he's looking for more or less. And when we walked in, who's walking out by my old boss and the owner of Tabla and 24th and uh, Meatballs uh, oh, and uh, Monte Lupo, but Adam Berger, my old boss. I'm like, Adam, what are you doing here? He's like, Anthony, what are you doing here? Because he, I, I, when I was parking, he, he recognized my truck because I had the same truck. And he like was doing his weird Adam like, huh? What's that? It couldn't be. And I'm like. Hi, Adam. And it, it cracked him up. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm actually just like, I'm looking at this place, not for me, but my my non-restaurant buddy wants to start doing restaurants. So he asked me to come and like, t- like give him what, you know, is this good or not, restaurant guy. I'm going to do a little, I'm just going to look at it. He's like, yeah, it's a little small. I'm like, really? And then I remember what I said. Excellent. And I walked right in. I was like, yep, tiny. This is awesome. And Dan's like, are, are you sh- this is pretty small, man. I'm like, no, no, no. This is awesome. This is efficient pizza. Because I had just been working at Sweetheart. I was still working at Sweetheart. And that's built as a restaurant. It's a sit-down restaurant with tables and all that stuff. So, like, the door is far away from the oven. Everything's, like, stretched out like a normal restaurant space. And it was kind of annoying. Because there's a lot of, like... Because because of COVID, like we didn't want people getting too too close inside, so there's a lot of walking back and forth to the to the point of sale to the cash register. There's a lot of movement, a lot of like walking a pizza down a hallway stuff, and this was all right there, consolidated and streamlined and efficient. And then I saw the equipment that Justin had bought and installed, and I'm like, this is all great stuff. He's like, yep, everything's one year old. Mike, yeah, you don't Dan buy this place. You don't you don't find one year old restaurant equipment. Ready to go, and he took in so much care. Everything was immaculate, clean. There was nothing trashed in there. I've seen brand new restaurants and non-brand new restaurants, and this is a brand new restaurant with a year on it. They had taken great care to not 
just like, I don't know, that's the gross corner. There was none of that, you know. It was all built nice. Um, There's, like, cool storage, like, outside, but around the back that was really efficient. The trash was, like, 20 paces away. Stuff that you don't always get. Like, a bunch of things that are, like, well, then you, like, at at Speechery Solago, Chris, we had to take the all of our trash and okay. all of our dry storage was in the parking garage's basement across the street from the restaurant. All right, yeah. That sucked. There's a lot of walking with a cart. A lot of walking with a cart. And this is like, hey, it's around the corner. So it was super efficient. And, uh, yeah, just seeing my old boss, it was good to see Adam. And uh, I sent him, like, a uh, thank you, just say hi. And uh, it was just funny that, like, two people that had worked at the same at Tabla together, one who employed the other, we're like both looking at the same restaurant on the same day, half an hour well, apart from each other. I like the fact that you said it wasn't for you, but it was. But it was, yeah. So I was just doing it, and and I'm like, oh, because <laughs> I didn't even know it was a pizza spot. He just wanted me to right. look at this little restaurant with him, I'm like, okay, and tell me if the equipment's good or if I should buy it or if it's a good spot. Oh, okay. So you did. It was a surprise to a, me. It was a little bit of a. Uh, uh, you know, you, you were eventually interested enough to say, all right, I'll do this. Yeah, I said, Dan, this is – definitely do this. Um, is this our new pizza restaurant? And he's like – we haven't even talked about that because the whole point was he, he's opening another restaurant with another friend of ours. I was hap- happily employed at Sweetheart. There was no – and then we see it and he's like, we should, we should probably buy it. I'm like, dude, if I could run a pizza restaurant with my friends, I'd love that. And in fact – they haven't. They're 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 really close on their next thing. But all of a sudden, Meta Pizza jumped in front of his other project real quick because it was so ready to open. It was so easy. Mm-hmm. There was nothing to do. We got rid of stuff, Chris. I bought a, I put a dishwasher in and I got rid of a ton of other stuff. And we were like, I was cooking in like the next week. Like, yeah, I can cook in here. It all works. Everything works. It's amazing. The price is well, right. I, so it's kind of interesting that you're. Your criteria when you walked into that and what excited you was, this is small, we don't have to have a lot of people in here, and then I'm going to go back about, I don't know, seven, eight years, Racion, I need a theater. Yeah. I, want, I, want, I want to do what I do in front of a lot of people and have a lot of interaction. No, that's not what you're doing now. After two and a half years, I mean, I've never <laughs> not been in an open kitchen too, Chris, it's wild. Even yeah. like Veritable Quandary, there was a pretty open window and people could see you making brunch kind of thing and this is like yep the oven's right there catch registers right here the display case is beautiful and made of glass and looks good i don't have to do it we didn't have to spend any money on this place this is awesome we had to sell stuff to get rid of it it was cool so i didn't know you were at vq too so listen uh, that's our, a long time need, ago we need to go through this we need your 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 restaurant resume let's go start at the top give us a year and you don't have to give years throughout the whole thing but you can let's just go down the list all right, I'm focusing. <laughs> 2001 summer, in good taste, bistro and catering company. Also, uh, the uh, they were a kitchenware um, and uh, cooking class place in the Pearl. Ooh, then uh, Nostrana. Then 1001. Then Tabla. Then um uh uh corazon oh, the yes. fa- the fancy if mexican place i missed the vq part so so yeah sorry I'll, let's start again uh, um uh in good taste bistro and cooking class place veritable quandary nostrana um 
uh, Cora, uh, 10.01, Tabla, Corazon. Before Rossione opened, me and Roscoe went and fixed the menu at Spirit of 77 Sports Bar. That was fun. <laughs> I mean, we, we did, you know what we did? We started brining chicken wings the night before. They were so good. I don't know why bars don't do this. We were doing cooking stuff on bar food, and people were like, what? Poke? I'm like, yeah, why not? <laughs> and it was great. Uh, and then Racion, 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 two and a half years. Um, closed that. Uh, and now I'm going to space on it. What did I do after that? I think I did Function, the the event space. Um, Pizzeria Solago. Little Bean. Sweetheart. Sweetheart meta i bet you there's two restaurants oh bible club was after rossione sorry it was oh, rossione right. bible, Bi- bible club and then function yeah 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 it was where it was wild there's a bunch on there it's probably well, another one i'm bi- forgetting i'll tell you what bible club was one of the coolest places i've ever been yeah we did, we did food out of a house it was good yeah and it was a beautiful so beautifully done um, well hey chris if you know a millionaire eccentric artist that makes uh, that sculpts cool Zippo lighter cases and rings. Yeah. That they sell to Japanese and Russian mafia people. Then you too would be able to build a Bible club with your crazy collection of antiques. Well, not only that, he he brought that entire bar in that big wood huge structure <laughs> from what Indiana or some somewhere like I, that. I, it, was, it was like Wisconsin or Indiana. Yeah, it was it was something. <laughs> It had to be brought in. I mean, it was gigantic. And how they got that? Didn't they have to take part of the house apart yep. to bring it in and then put it back together? Oh yeah, no sign, just a green light in the in the in the belfry of the attic that we had to climb up into this dusty attic every day to turn on or turn off. It was <laughs> wild. It was wild. Well, some some talent, good. man. We had talent on the, behind that bar, too. Oh, yes. I, I don't remember names that well, but it was uh, Bill's... Nathan Bill's Elliott and, and, and Jessica. Um, yeah. And... Jessica, right? Yeah. Uh, man, we had a good... We had talent going through there. We built that crazy backyard to have live music in. That was great. I mean, it's so uh, open. Uh, listeners, that go to Bible Club and go to Revelry, which is in the back. No, Revival in the back. It's a great spot still. The uh, PDX Slider guys bought it and like kind of didn't change much, which is nice. Well, that's good because yep. it was pretty. It was pretty special before that. And, Dude, uh, we had like this three hundred year old weird Bible that's like gilded in gold on display. Nothing in that place was older, was oh, younger than nineteen thirty-five. Everything was crystal. You go, in there, you go in there with some friends and you just order the coolest drinks and they come and. Different yeah. glasses, too. Yeah, we were like, oh, we had so much crystal in that place. It was wild. We had to build yeah. that bar out. Me and Nathan, like, had to drill in things. And we, we were carbonating our own water for the soda water. And we were carbonating it, like, like triple power. So it was, like, fizzy as hell. We did some weird stuff there. It was cool. I had, like, I made the best damn duck confit. And because of that, I also could do, like, a really good duck duck base um, French onion soup that was Excellent. Still have the recipe oh, for that. Man. It's a pressure cooker one. What it had is a little. It gonna for... What is uh, it going to take for you to make a batch of that French onion soup? Oh you know? man, not much. I just need like a few duck legs and some star anise. It had like pho, pho tones, and man, was it good. 
We had a good time right. there. I was working I out of like... Oh, I'm, into, I'm into the onion soup. You don't get it out here. Like, we got it back east, you know, growing oh, up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't... Yeah. Onion soup everywhere. Well, there's no French restaurants in Portland. Let's start there other than St. Jack and Lemoore, well, man. Yeah, but even the American... Even the pubs had French onion soup. Oh, I know, I mean, right? It should be at every... If, if the bar is made of wood, there should be French onion soup on the menu. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we, we don't get that here. What else is it that we don't get that I... Get you know what we don't well, get? the other thing that is not on menus here... We don't get and it's, and it's East Coast Italian food. You don't get veal on yep. any veal. No veal on restaurant and menus here. So so yeah. So you don't get you don't get like good red, red checker tablecloth Italian food at all, and I don't understand why. So um, the one place I was kind of doing it for a second, uh, I'm gonna blank on the, uh, it was like Il Sorella, right in in the downtown in the uh, I forget which uh, hotel it's part of, um, but it's on the corner there. I think it's on um, Yam Hill. Mm-hmm. Going, going toward yeah, yeah. and Broadway. Um, uh, Matt Kessler was I forget who, Matt Sigler was the was the chef oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was no, some no. good kind of East Coast Italian food, and now it's he's doing great in Lake Oswego now. In the old Pazzo space, and now it's, in the old Pazzo space, exactly. Yes, yeah, so, facing out on with the name of it too, Il Salito. Il Salito. Yeah, it was good. It was super good. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend sells to him to this day. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, fancy truffles and but caviar. It didn't make it. Well, uh, like, been COVID, right? that was a COVID thing. Yep. So, uh, yeah. but like, there's not like, and not, not dirty Italian, but like new, like East coast American Italian veal Parmesan. Like, tell me where you could go get, um, uh, some very, you know, like, where would you go get eggplant parm right now? Or like, uh, some, uh, some like veal Milanese. Uh, Zero places. <laughs> I can't tell you we're going to get that, but I know I've had it. Is there saffron risotto in Portland right now on a menu? I'm not sure, and that's that's no. bad. That's sad. Probably not. You would think that with all the <laughs> all the restaurants out there, someone would go. Someone would just say, "Let's do it. This, let's do this." And and it doesn't need to be Il Salito, which is you know a little fancier, a little more expensive. It needs to be done. You know, Tommy d- tried to approximate a little of it at Pizza Jerk, right? Sure. He yeah. Put, He's got the he's got the checkered table uh, tablecloths and the the pizza and some of the sides are a little like that, but it's not an Italian place where you can order veal milanese. Yeah, not that like like red sauce does a good job with like the subs and the pizza, and that's very right. New York Italian, like Italian American. But there's not much. Um, uh, you know, I mean, edit this out if you need to. But the other restaurant that the business, that my business partner is opening. Is in fact exactly what we're talking about. So oh, why, don't want. Well, I, do, I mean, I believe things are signed. I don't want to talk out of, out of out of line here, but I believe things are signed. The old Yakuza space was the last I heard for that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be exactly what we're talking right about. Now? No, I, it, actually, I, I did get a text message from Dan. It's just that we, uh, payroll's done. So hell yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> well, so yeah, this, this podcast, this is real time, real time. Restaurant shit's happening right we once, now. We once, we once had Micah uh, on the podcast, and his attorneys were listening in, I think, to make sure he didn't say anything stupid. And they still right. didn't call him on it. So, um, but at any rate, that's the only no, time. No, this is nothing stupid. Happened. It's just uh, in the future, you're going to want to have a, a chat with Dan, or I don't know who the chef they're picking up, or David Siegel, who's the business partner on that one, because there will right. be a New York style or East Coast Italian American place coming 
in the near future, Chris. So you heard it here first, kids. That seems like a good space for it. Yeah, no, thank you for it's a good spot. Your news here. Yeah, because I mean, like DOC's gone. It's it's you know it's it's across the street. It's down the down the right. street a little bit. So like that area is a is a little restaurant hotspot, man. Even during quarantine, COVIDy stuff, they did right. they closed those streets off, and it's just outside dining all safely. Um, you know, like six foot space and stuff. I went there with my friend Chris and um, we had a wonderful little meal outside. And I was like, this is cool. I hope, again, COVID sucks. But some of the things that the city allowed restaurants to do that hopefully stick yeah. around are really good. The outside dining, the closing off of certain streets like Harvey Milk downtown, screw that street. Close it down forever. What a cool party street. Every re- like bar and restaurant on there is like, hell yeah, this is awesome. So what if you can't park there? Like, it's it's cool, like like the closing of streets or like the way more outside dining. Twenty parking, twenty parking spots they lose for for something that would be special and interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not you're not losing much, and it's like this is beautiful. They, they like painted the street all cool colors. Like you got to do cool stuff like that, permanently installing nice lights and like covers. What a great thing! So certain things work not so bad with how restaurants sell COVID. Plenty of wonderful restaurants close, and I feel really bad about it. And all we do is order food on the weekends, man. I don't cook at home. I'm trying to support all I can. Um, but there's some cool things that happen, like certain restaurants leave, and then another one can come into it. That was our scenario. Like, we were gifted, essentially, this perfectly well-built, tiny little pizza place in a chill neighborhood in Portland. And we got it running in two months. That's kind of unheard of. Like, that was pretty nice. Like, we started in, truly started in uh, mid-August and opened before Halloween. It wasn't too bad it's kind of good you know that's pretty fast yeah it's pretty fast I mean, it was there it was all done i had to get rid of like i said i had to sell freezers and get rid of all these pans i didn't need all this stuff it was great well, also if you needed a lot of renovations done to it it would have taken you forever because things are slow now absolutely yeah. the, the thing that made us uh open a couple weeks later was getting an electrician to actually put in the wiring for our high temp dishwasher that's what slowed us down we would have been open mid-october not later october just because of that so you're totally right all right, so listen, in the, in the spirit of uh, supporting local, your local friends, let's find out where you've been doing takeout and who, who's doing some really good stuff out there that people should visit. <laughs> I'll tell you what. We discovered Master Kong is awesome for dumplings on 80 se- off 82nd. What a weird f- – and they, they're Jiao Bing. It's like this weird crepe pancake stuff with herbs. It's a wild, unique thing that's very good. My friend Law, um, I haven't ordered takeout from them yet, but my friend Law opened, uh, like, reopened Retro Game Bar on, on MLK in, in, like, in Deacom in North Portland. That's like, you can go there and play video games and have fun bar food. Um, he's doing great stuff over there. He's about to open a mead place in Camby, a mead, like a Viking Hall meadery, which is pretty great. Uh, we order plenty of JoJo PDX because it's great. And the owner, and we know Ricky Bella, who's there now. And their Instagram account's super fun. You're not doing yourself a service if you're not following JoJo PDX on Instagram. It's hilarious. Truly. And it's truly good fried chicken and JoJo's. It is not messing around. Um, I live next to Clyde's Prime Rib. I've eaten more Clyde's Prime Rib than I have in the past, dude. It's super good. Talk about it travels well. I'm going to get Prime Rib at home. It's cool. It's fine. It's awesome. Um... That's true. That's good. That's really good travel food. Oh, it's fine. It it's it, 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 it potatoes. It, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's, oh, au jus. Oh, horseradish sauce. Oh, absolutely. Um, um, 
Wajong, uh, we discovered, is some of the spiciest, yummiest food I've ever had. And it's weird. Um, Indonesian, I believe, and very unique. Wajong's cool. Um, and as far as, like, we don't really order normal stuff, I guess. We get, like, a little crazy with how... I mean, and, you know, we... Dude, we um, ate away uh, chicken teriyaki rice. 808's wonderful. Super consistent. Well-priced. Everything about it's good. Um, I've, we've been eating that for years, and we continue to do... Oh, Laurelhurst Market, too. When they were doing their, their, like, butcher boxes, their, like, meat boxes during quarantine, 100 bucks got you, like, three different meals with interesting stuff. I'm not sure if they do it still, but, you know, Benny's doing... They're doing a great job over there, and at... Uh, and then... Well, and, same people who own 808, too, so... Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and and their fried uh, uh, their fried chicken spot is always always a hit. So yeah, there's been some good stuff. Uh, we don't get too adventurous. A uh, Monte Lupo, uh, Adam Burger spot. Me and my parents got some food there. We're super happy. Their pasta selections, really unique stuff. And I need to get over there. I haven't. You do, I, Chris. You know, it's it's a cool. Th- it's a it's, new landscape, and I got to start disco- rediscovering. Portland. Yeah, and and they benefited from it because they have like a half a block closed off for outside seating there too. It's beautiful. Um, and the last one I'll mention that we've gone to a bunch of times uh, before we go to see a movie at the Lowerhurst Theater is uh, is Flying Fish. Flying Fish is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, I was just there two days ago, I think. Well, Leaf, Leaf has become a friend. We did. He's a nice with him. I'd done an event with him a bunch of times. Kelsey used to sell stuff like around him, so we both know Leaf a little bit. We were sitting down mm-hmm. there having wonderful hur- – I had a hurricane in one hand and this awesome fish taco in another. And Leaf's like, hey, Anthony. Hey, Kelsey. I'm like, holy shit. You remember us. We know who you are. He's like, yeah, you guys mm-hmm. are great. It was wonderful. Their, their ordering system works good. They have a beautiful outside patio thing. They've got live music now. The place is like the bluest paint it's the color is so nice on that. Like you can't miss this big, beautiful blue and white. It's not like Greek blue and white. It's unique. It's it's very and good, it, and their stuff's awesome. It's kind of a sea blue, and I'll it's tell perfect. you this: one it makes thing me happy I've to be there. It's a good, yeah, it's a good color. We had a great time the other day. But one thing that they've got down, I believe, is the uh, casual, fast casual, and then providing service with that at the same time because mm-hmm. usually my experience is fast casual is you go order it you sit down they dump the food off that's it you never see buddy anyone again flying fish they come around ask you if you want anything else how everything is because one of the awkward things about fast casuals i gotta go back up right with my credit card and reorder they, they've so, done a weird uh, hybrid of it you're right chris now that you think about it, it there's a lot of like qr scanning and then like then I wait over here to my table, but then I can order more off my phone and it shows up. Like, they did a right. good job. Like, when I was in yeah. the city, when I was in Brooklyn last summer in August, there was a bunch of places that were like, you're not touching anything. Don't even try to hand me money or a credit card. We are right. going to be so safe. Just use your damn phone. We know you got one. And if you can't figure it out, you're not eating here kind of thing. And I kind of like that. Like, there is a weird, like, tech, it's like a tech hybrid fast casual thing, which makes sense. And that spot seems to run really efficiently. Like, there's two doors. They can go out one way. And, like, it was a good it's a good vibe there, well, too. I like that I spot. I think he's expanding it, too, outside. I think he's taking a couple of those parking spots, as I understand it. But go for Leaf it, Leaf. Like, one of the, Leaf is one of the nicest guys ever. Yes. I had the – I had – so talk about the embodying – what I've been trying to do with Portland Food Adventures, we did the fishing trip on the Snake River with Canyon Outfitters, and I got to sit there, feet from, you know, leaf, 
watching him cast and fish and fish and dive in and swim and raft. And it was like, you got to watch Leif Gildersleeve in, in his element. Totally in his element. Yeah, dude. You know, right um, in the, you know, in the river from the state he came, from where he came. Truly um, a food adventure. Yeah, yeah. Like, that guy's cool. And there's a lot of people still doing stuff like that. Uh you know, you know what, what I'm actually excited about to kind of end on a fun pizza note. I can't wait to see what Scotty Ketterman is doing with Pizza Cat uh, on oh, the west side. Oh, you can go see. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to them opening because it's just takeout now. But that pizza was great. I, you know. What style I, is I, it? I, I don't know much. I, I reached out to them. I asked if they wanted to buy a bunch of equipment off me. And they were like, no, Anthony, we're cool. But good luck on your pizza spot, too. And uh, the the vibe of pizza people is always like pretty supportive. I'm discovering when you're getting the pizza game, mm-hmm. there can always be more pizza places as opposed to like. Oh, well, plus they're very neighborhood oriented. There yeah. aren't a lot of people that are going to run from this. You know, that aren't that are going to go to Meta from the Southwest Hills. Yeah, or, I'm not. I'm not worried about messing their business up. Like it's like it's neighborhood right. based. Yeah, you're exactly right. Like no one's going to be like. Unless it's like epically good or something like you know, Pizza well, Shoals probably gets be people. Some of that crossover, but I would imagine eighty percent of your business. Yeah, it's not going to ruin the area. Yeah, so, uh, but no, it's good as far as style goes. I mean, I guess one they have their own thing, but I guess they would call it kind of Neapolitan. I mean, it's uh, who else is it like? It's similar to yours. It's not much different. Are so, they are they deck uh, oven? Do, do you know if they're deck oven or Neapolitan mm, Italian I, I oven? Really it's all about the oven, bud. It's all about that. Um, well, when you talk to Brian Spengler, he says it's all about the crust. Well, so. but based on what where the crust is, needs to go in, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Actually, I need to go and see Brian again. I, I dude, I, 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 uh, I like, I, I, I would dungeon master him and his his daughter a bunch of D and D games because he was trying to get her into it because her friends were all into D and D. So I went over to I went to Pizza Schultz a few times and like DM them through like the the first the first adventure everyone plays of the new system and he had a blast man he had so much fun his daughter smart as a whip she figured out that game no problem but it was funny so it, there's a weird Dungeons and Dragons connection with me and Brian Spangler and I used to go to his little like closed only to friends backyard dining thingy that he would do see my boy Neil Thompson there Rodney Moorhead bunch of folks that just like were friends and they would do like this little backyard like wine and different food stuff Brian's a good dude I like that guy a lot and That's it, a good group. We just—I pe- just had Neil on the pod. You, Neil was the podcast right before yours. So. Neil Thompson. Yeah, last this—it's go—it's going on right now. So by the time this hits on Thursday, <laughs> you're you're taking the place of him at the top of the list. <laughs> oh, dude, I've known Neil. He's the oldest, the 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 longest friend I've had. I've known Neil for 21 years. I met him the summer of well, when that's I first when we moved, moved to town. Here. Yep, we both yeah. moved here around the same time. And we went to a, a wine dinner at a place called Lavino Cava, um, which is near Isan, where Isan is on the uh, in downtown, mm-hmm. on like second or third. Um, right. And right we were friends ever since. Approval. Yep, we've been friends ever since, man. And uh, that's awesome. Yeah, because Park Avenue is doing some cool stuff too. They got a new chef. They, yeah. got, they got their food going on. Some of the best wines in town. You know what Park Avenue has, Chris? That's pretty unique. Is weird kind of wine stuff. You walk in, go to the counter on the right. Behind you, that wall of, like, odd vermouth and weird bubbly shit and, like, stuff that's like, what is this? They've got weird, cool – here's a plug for it. If you want to buy, like, your, your wine or your beer, your cider friend, something wacky for, like, a birthday or Christmas, go to Park Avenue Wine and just go to that wall and be like, what's the weird shit in here? 
Like they're they have like <laughs> four packs of sparkling uh, vermouths. That's cool. <laughs> like I don't I don't know where to buy that other than that Park Avenue line. It's fucking cool, man. Well, and then you can get all your good stuff, of course. It. I can't imagine Neil doing, you know, the expected. That's no. I haven't known him for very long, but the impression I get from him is he's not gonna he's not gonna do what everybody else is doing. Now talk about a guy that has a great voice for radio and why he did have a really fu- entertaining little podcast for a while. Neil Thompson. That accent. I didn't even realize he was that guy until we were oh, talking yeah. about it. And he said he had the My Poor Liver podcast. And I thought, My oh, Poor Liver. When we, best when we best podcast no one listened to. <laughs> yeah, back in the days when I actually heard there was another podcast, and I'd go, oh, I guess I got to listen to that. Right. And now I can't. I don't, everybody's got a podcast now. So you pick and choose. But um, <laughs> at any rate, it was good. Yeah, he does. But you have a great voice for it. To, well, to thank cir- you. Go full circle. So um, it's really entertaining always to listen to you. We didn't really have a plan when we discussed doing this. And I picked up the uh, pies the other day, by the way. Yes. Uh, your mushroom pizza. Your mushroom pizza. Yeah, it's tell me. Yeah. Right now. That was excellent. Good, yeah. I'm really happy. I get to keep, like, my, my, my go-to herb is tarragon for mushrooms, and it always has. I don't know where I learned that. I don't know where I learned that. But tarragon and mushrooms are friends. So getting, like, mm-hmm. this, like, like and tar- but tarragon doesn't like being in an oven. It'll die. Like, basil doesn't like being in an oven. If there's basil on your margarita that goes in the oven, it's bullshit. It's, that's fucked. You don't put basil in an oven. You don't put basil in hot things. I'm sorry, you don't. Dry basil. Yeah, you put it on afterwards. Yes, like I'm pretty adamant about that. Um, but uh, tarragon's the same. It's it's a fine herb. It's a, it's a it's a soft herb. It's not a a, a sage or a rosemary. Um, it's soft. It dies. The flavor goes to hell. So getting a little bit of heat on it, it's not so bad. So yeah, throwing fresh tar after I roast the the mushrooms with um with garlic and. Uh, uh, they come out, they get hit with red wine vinegar to deglaze and toss them while they're still hot. They absorb all that yummy taste. And then they get fresh tarragon thrown all over them. Ten pounds of mushrooms makes five quarts of cooked mushrooms because they're, so, they're such sponges. But a whole – one whole bunch, whole bunch of tarragon goes into that batch. So there's a bunch of tarragon in there. And then, yeah, the uh, smoked mott and the fontina – that squeeze a lemon to finish to cut through some of those those fattiness. That's it's a big deal. It's a big so deal. So you for never me. visited New Haven then because you called it Mots. In New Haven, it's like when you order the pizza. Mots you want Mots with that? You yeah. Want, no, it's Mots. You moots. want Mots? They call it Mots. So all right. Well, listen. Yeah, I think we both your podcasts are among the longest ones we've had. Yay! Uh, it's because we chat about food, right. Chris. It's fun, buddy. Yeah. No, we, we got go, stories. I know, we could go on. We could go on. Uh, definitely, we don't have to end now, but I think we have. No, to it's end about it time. Uh, I, I got yeah, a D and D game to get to, and, uh, and a little bit of football to watch. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about sports, so why don't we sure. plan on getting back on and talk a little baseball and football and maybe basketball, whatever you're into, um, uh, at another time. Over are, pizza, How about yeah, that. Absolutely, there are, there are two sports I talk about: football and disc golf. Oh, disc golf. Yes. So you're you're not even into baseball anymore. Nope. Uh, I respect oh, okay. it. I don't care, yeah, but, right, but, well, fo- but but I know a ton about football. <laughs> so, right. 
Well, we, as you know, you and I had this little discussion the other day. I went into these ridiculous nostalgic stories from the 60s. Oh, yeah. 60s and 70s with football. You know the 90s, the 10s, and the, the teens. There was like a five-year uh, gap there in college where I just didn't give a shit about any sports because school or whatever. But then um, every, every partner I've ever had loves football too. So I got that right back in there. Like you, you, you want your so girlfriend you to like. I'm a Giant or a Jet fan growing up in New York. No, I'm a Giants fan growing up in New York. My brother was a okay. Bills fan, never Jets. But I happen to have to have a bunch of Jets players on my fantasy team two weeks ago. Didn't go well. Okay. <laughs> but, um, uh, so uh, how did you make the transition from Giants to Seahawks? Do you I, still care about the Giants? Uh, I always want to watch them win. I can't okay. not dislike them. My favorite color was blue. This is like when Lawrence Lawrence Taylor was around. Like this is like the Giants' heyday, where they're like beating the the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl in '91, or the Bills at that. They had like a three Super Bowl run that was pretty great to watch. Um, I remember praying for that field goal to go through against the Bills so I could like load mm-hmm. it over, uh, lord it over my brother for years, which it did, which I did. A very famous, that very famous. That's like the Jim Kelly days, man. Like I don't even right. remember who the Giants uh, quarterback was. I remember who the opponent was. Jim Kelly's Bills, man. Um, but I just I moved to Portland and I finally got to see a real game. I never see. I never. I've only. Was it Phil Simms then? Was that been Phil Simms? That was Phil Simms. Yes, Phil Simms. Yes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And like so, I went to my first football game in like 2006 or seven in Seattle, and it's the only football games I've ever seen are Seattle games. Um, and uh, during college, I'd listen to a bunch. I would do all my wood because I was an art major, all this sculpture, woodworking, and welding. I would on the weekends, on Sundays, I would just I would listen to the game on the radio in my little wood shop garage. And listening to football on the radio is one of the most pleasurable. I feel like a smart guy. If you can listen to the to football on the radio and like understand what's going on, because it's like left to right on your dial. Like there's a lot of spatial stuff going on in your yeah, head, right. top, bottom. Like I know I grew up, I know how football looks on the TV. I can now imagine how it looks, and having radio guys just calling a game is really special. Like mm-hmm. I'd rather listen to baseball being called on the radio than watching it. It's way more fun, entertaining, way more information. I got two little things on that. First of all, I, I love baseball. I was probably the only fan on the planet listening to the Bob Murphy call the Bill Buckner through the legs play in 1986 on the radio because I left my high school reunion. I got pissed off that there were Red Sox fans there. So I was on I-95 listening to it on the radio, which is like I got to tell Bob Murphy in person, I listened to you call that and he said you're probably the only one everybody had to be watching it on tv right no i'm the only one but on the other hand the only thing i can't deal with on radio is everything is sponsored man that yeah that that second ball was sponsored by tetley t or whatever it is it's just too sponsored it's just too much it's rough i mean it is it is the, the world we're living in unfortunately uh like if i pirate some some football games that are out of our this region Sometimes, like, it'll just break and not have any ads till the sports goes again, and it's, like, one of the most beautiful things. I'd pay top dollar to have any football game just be quiet for two minutes while the ads are going. Yeah. Just to not have to hear about Dodge Rams or this cool pickup truck's back fender or, like, you know, like, uh... 
with the voice, with the deep voice, and the yeah, yeah or like a like another Bud Light ad, like no, but but then the sports happens, and I'm happy. So there you go. Yeah, no, I, I, we could have a whole discussion on this and probably appeal to no one. Yep. But um, oh my god, not good I for mean, radio, uh, Chris. <laughs> the Major League Baseball package with the promos between the innings is just like. I felt like my mother. My grandmother, back in when CNN first came on, she used to mute all the commercials. And yeah. She used to say, they're so much louder, I can't stand them. And now I'm her a or I, Dude, top dollar for, I, I, want, I want Roku to just turn off ad sound for me. I would be totally into it. Because that's why I like, text the thing, do, I do work while I watch football sometimes. So I'm right, like, right. I'm going to watch this shit for two and a half, three hours. I can't no, also. It, you gotta do it. The game's only an hour long, bud. Like, come on now. <laughs> well, that's, one, that's one reason to just record it or watch it in the archives. This is true. But, but secondly, it's like I sit there literally like my grandmother with the remote in my hand so I can just keep hitting mute. <laughs> so, oh, fuck, unmute. All right, well, let's hope nobody did that in this uh, hour and 15 minutes now. Um, well, this has been fun, man. Th- thanks for having, having me on your podcast again. Like I said, uh, I've got one lined up for you about a, a, a East Coast uh, American-Italian uh, food when they get their uh, stuff going. I'll let you know. All right, we'd like to hear that. And but don't forget about I'm Meta Pizza. Forward, I'm looking forward to picking up. The, the clam pie we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. That, the, we'll be good in that clam pie, like, probably January, February, March. Like, when it's good shelf right. season. So, I'm, I'm on it. I'm on it. Pecorino Romano. we still recording in the studio, so you can bring one in. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll yeah. just have you on the podcast. 100%. I don't... Sounds Scotty good to me, brought us a clam, Scotty brought us a gigantic clam pie. Which was one of the nicest things anybody ever did. Very so. good. Hey, hey let, let, let Scotty know that someone came in uh, to my to Meta and told me that Scotty's had closed. So let him know that there's some misinformation out there. Yeah, well, there's a lot of f- fake news out there. That, exactly. That isn't good. That isn't That's good. Not, but you know, I was like, what? All it no. takes is one person to say, I think that closed. Yeah, I don't you know, like, like that. They went in on the day they weren't open, and that's it. So uh, 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 Us right. pizza family got to keep it real. Uh, so yeah, come to Meta Pizza. We're, we're on Milwaukee, uh, on Milwaukee Avenue in the Brooklyn neighborhood. Tuesday through Saturday from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. Slices till they sell out, 14-inch pies, and very soon wine, cider, and beer. Only takeout. We do have some uh, outside tables, too. I assume it's at Meta Pizza on Instagram? Or is there a PDX Uh, on there, too? It's Meta Pizza PDX, yeah. Meta Pizza PDX. Oh, yeah. All right, Instagram, man. Twitter, uh, check so out our much. Facebook. Uh, our website's nice and lean and mean. Order online, please. It's very convenient for us and for you. Uh, but you go ahead and call. Or um, uh, We got DoorDash, and we're starting Grubhub in uh, December. We're, we're, we're slow with the delivery apps just because we wanted to make sure that the neighborhood got their pizza before we started branching out. So focusing on okay. the good old Brooklyn and neighborhood. One last question. You may or may not want me to ask, but can I order just like j- just a sausage pie? Just that and do that you would have to do by phone, right? If no. You, no, no, if no, no, no. That? No website, baby. You just go, what do you want on your sausage pie, Chris? What if I wanted nothing? Just sausage. Sausage and sauce and that's it? Sausage, cheese and sauce. Sounds good. You go plain cheese pizza. And then you have tons of options. Add sausage. 
Oh, okay. All right. Done and done. Because we were having this conversation the other day that, you know, years ago, California Pizza started designer pizzas. No, you don't. thought, I'm just going to do the prescribed. I'm going to tell everybody what they want. So one of the things that that we we did that the previous owners didn't really do was um, you can half and half your pizzas with us. You can do a white sauce, red sauce combo. We don't care. It's fine. You can just start with a plain cheese and just throw ingredients on there. Every ingredient you see on that menu is on our line, ready to be put on your pizza. Now, if you do a, uh, uh, if you order a pepperoni pizza, you're going to get a ton of pepperoni on it. If you're going to order a, a, a plain cheese, add pepperoni, you're not going to get a ton of pepperoni on it. You'll get like around half that amount. But that's because right. the idea is if you're going to like add pepperoni, add sausage, add, like now we got too much on a pie. So yeah, it's only a dollar more or $2 more. Like it's not – we're not going for it. But yeah, you can craft your own pizza any day you want. We have no problem with that at all. We have no pizza rules at Meta. <laughs> like go for it. You could add everything to your pizza if you really feel crazy. If you want to pay us $35 okay. and have everything we can possibly put on your pizza on your pizza, we will do it for you. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. No, we yeah, want your money, man. I, we want you happy and your money. <laughs> dude, so where I come from in New Haven, of course, Modern Pete's, which is one of the better ones, their big seller is the Italian bomb. And you can go and check that out, what's on that, but it's a lot of shit. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that, but I get it. Well, but that's a, you that can do it. And a white, that and a white clam. Those are their big sellers. Sounds good, man. All right, well, I got to get to my game. All right. Take care, man. Good luck. Thanks, Chris. Love it. Cheers. See you later, man. Bye. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right